do us a quick favor guys hit the follow subscribe button share this with someone who would benefit from it and help us grow as the more we grow the better the episodes we get thanks guys for helping us and let's get into the episode we're being programmed through the things that we're watching with the short attention spans that we have we're always seeking that next dopamine hit all of the mundane tasks in your life will become much harder to do because you are always looking for the higher level of dopamine and now doing something that's got a low level of dopamine which is typically the things that are hard is going to be much harder to do because there's no reward there for you because your dopamine level is so high that you're looking for that next boost so that next boost has to be something that's incredible and so if you're always looking for this next dopamine high then it's not going to come from something that's very difficult to do where there's no instant gratification so these delayed gratification uh, tasks are quite mundane in the moment then the mundane tasks the important tasks the tasks that should be progressing us closer and closer to our goals these are actually taking us further and further because the less we do them okay if you if you're boosting your efficiency within the awake hours that you have then the time of which you wake up that doesn't matter you just need to get the the right amount of sleep and when you have that fourth thing complemented as three. Now you've got these three things that are as efficient as possible. Now you've got a 2x on them. You might even have a 3x on them. So we're boosting the efficiency so much more. Now imagine doing this for six days a week. And on the seventh you rest. And that maximizes your efficiency to make sure the next seven, the next six days is really good. And you keep repeating that. Let's say you do it for a month. That's a pretty good month. Let's say you do it for four that's a really good four months you know you're third way through the year nice let's say you do it for a year pretty solid i like that let's say you do it for two years it's great you know you're probably really far really far ahead than, than most people in fact you're probably starting to actually overtake those people let's say five years that's where i'm at i'm only five years in let's say i keep doing this for another five years imagine where i'll be i mean if i'm already at a good level where i am now for the work that i've really done you know could be the top i don't see why not and he's here he is here cristiano has entered the building yes guys welcome to the sculptor podcast in this episode we are going to be going through Basically, the perception of time and how we can utilize the hours of which we have in a day to get the most out of it, essentially. So, what I'm going to be mainly talking about is something that I have thought about quite quite a lot throughout my career, in fact. And this comes through a heightened level of self-awareness and time and tracking, actually. So, this is actually something that I used to do to help me get the most out of my day. Something that I realized from a young age is when I was looking at these players who were above me, you know, at a higher level and I was thinking statistically and mathematically, if I was to become better than them, how would I do it? We're all awake for the same 24 hours. So within that 24 hours, how are they boosting their efficiency so much so that they become better than me? So that they become 10 times better than me. How is it that they are so efficient within their 24 hours of which they have every single day? How is it that they are able to get so much better than me? Now that that really, it, it, it strikes quite deep with you. And I think that 
it's not an easy concept to come to terms with, especially as a lot of people believe that there's talent that might be uh, blocking, you know, certain aspects of an individual's life of where they're playing the victim card. Now, don't get me wrong, talent is a real thing and people will have advantages or genetic dispositions which heighten them in some areas of football or whatever you want to be in. Therefore, there will be not, uh, I'd say, let's say, advantages or pre, pre-existing advantages to an individual who would help them to excel at X task. Let's say if it's boxing, someone who genetically is possesses more fast twitch muscle fibers, then they are more prone for a sport like boxing or something like that where there's a genetic dispossession that enables them to excel in a certain area of whichever path they decide to go down. And and I see that like as raw talent, if that makes sense. So there will be people who have a natural head start of an area of which we might want to go down. So there is this that we have to consider. But that is something that only I think is... Let's say if an individual has a very, very heightened level of talent, then they probably will excel quite quickly faster than most. Although a lot of people who also have that exceptional amount of talent use it as an excuse to pull the brakes a little bit. They don't use it to their full potential. Now, there will be individuals who use that talent and they use their time efficiently to the best that they can. And those, I believe, are the players at the top. That's your Lionel Messi. That's your Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, when I think of Ronaldo and Messi, I, I personally believe, I can't I can't verify this, this is only my own thoughts from what I see, but I believe that Ronaldo has less talent than Messi. Messi has more talent, it was nurtured in the right environment at the right time, and with the right amount of training, he got to the top. And for me, I believe that Ronaldo was a bit more raw. If you see him in his earlier years as a child, or even, I believe, maybe even when he was at sporting, he was a bit... A bit raw, but I think that through Ronaldo's work ethic, that's what got him to the top. And now that's just the cliche that we all know. So honestly, there's fault to that. Now I could be completely wrong. Ronaldo could be a completely, um, uh, I guess. Of course, he's going to be a very, very talented individual. But I think talent is separate from the work of which you do as well outside of that. So when I think of talent. I only think that it can get you so far. And that's that's a cliche in itself, right? But when I say that, I mean that most people with that talent probably won't use it to the best of their ability. So when you do have an individual who is extremely talented and uses it to the best of their ability, then they will be at the very, very top. Now, that's something for me that I've had to kind of think about where I don't think that I was a very, very talented person when I first started. I think I was very, very raw. But when I've worked hard and worked on my weaknesses, that's how I've gotten better and better and gotten to a higher level every year. So I believe that my level of talent is at that lower echelon of uh, football. Now, we might see that hinder me. We might see that help me. Whatever happens, I can't tell you because that's that's for the future. But right now, I'm telling you that most of my success through football didn't come through talent. That's 100% a fact. Because what what happened when I wasn't doing the work that I was doing now, I was at a very low level of football. And 
in fact, I don't even really... So, a bit of background on me. When I played football, I played it as a young kid. I don't know how old I started, but I would have been quite young. But I never liked football. I guess you could still say I don't like football. But I didn't have any ambition within football either. So, therefore, for most of my footballing life, I also wasn't a goalkeeper. I didn't play at a good level. I, I played in the third division, essentially third or fourth division for my age group at the time. Like, that's that's not nothing great, obviously. Then I had a big injury because I grew so fast. And when I realized that there's a level of dedication, there's a level of, I guess, vision and pathway of which I can choose now because I've had such a setback, I realized that, okay, if I want to stay competitive, then I have to use my time more efficiently than the rest because... If I've been out for a year due to injury, those 24 hours, 365 days in a year, that time that I've lost, people have gotten better than me and they've gotten a lot better than me. Now, at that age, maybe people aren't using the time uh, as best as they should, nor do they have the awareness to use the time that they have to the best of their ability. So, there's a few things that being at such a young age, it's you can't necessarily, you know, take full accountability for. But this is something that I started to be more aware of at the very least. So I would say that this is, I believe, in 2018, I think it would have been, or maybe 2019. I honestly can't really recount this perfectly. But this is when I started to take full accountability for every single minute that I was awake, essentially. And This is what I believe is the main topic for the episode about how we are all the same, sorry, we're all awake for the same 24 hours. Now, if we think about it statistically, if I'm awake for, let's say, I'm I'm asleep for nine hours, I'm awake for 15 hours a day. Now, within that 15 hours of every single day, Am I actually getting the most out of it or am I delegating time to other things which aren't helping me? Now, that could be I'm spending too much time on Instagram. Maybe I'm spending too much time on homework. Maybe I'm spending too much time on X, Y or Z. Now, of course, homework you should be doing if you're at school. But what I'm saying is these external things that aren't central to your goals, these are things that we can cut off. And this is where sculpting comes into it because when you're sculpting, you're refining your principles and your practices. Therefore, if you have anything that's actually dragging you down or anything that's, if we're thinking of a sculptor, we need to chisel that stuff away. So what that looks like is making the most efficient time throughout your day to actually utilize, yeah, utilize the time that you have every single day to Everything you need to be doing should be in alignment with where you want to go. So, within those 15 hours which you should be awake for, the other nine you should be sleeping for, within those 15 hours, how do you maximize your productivity? How do you boost your efficiency? How do you do all of these things which take you in alignment with where you want to go? Now, that's a big challenge. And this comes in with a aspect of uh, there has to be a very, very large aspect of self-awareness actually. Now, Val actually shared with me an app that I think is brilliant to start bringing that self-awareness into perspective. 
And I did this without an app when I first started to become aware of where I was, I guess, putting my time and where I was giving my energy to. And I would write down throughout the day what I was doing and from which time I was doing it. And from there, I was quite quite easily able to identify which areas were, I guess, unhelpful for me. So, I was really refining the, the practices that I had. So, if I was spending, let's say, two hours cooking food, well, now I only have 13 hours in my day to do what I do what I need to do to get me close to my goals. Now, of course, if I'm cooking food that's helping me get to my goals, then that's that's productive. But maybe I'm spending too much time in the kitchen looking for the next thing. Maybe I'm not efficient enough with my time. So, how about I make my time more efficient. Let's say I I do meal prep. Maybe I can ask mum if she can put some stuff in the fridge for me. How about I do all of my cooking on one day? This is maximizing efficiency, okay? Now, this can go with all areas, not just cooking food. That's just a random example. But let's say, okay, I'm spending too much time in the middle zone where I'm, I'm contemplating to which task I should go on to next. Now, this could be uh, the word is not neglect, but it's... Uh, what the word is, I can't remember. But I, when you don't do something difficult, it starts with P, I think. And when you don't want to do something difficult, procrastinating—that's the word. You start procrastinating. So a lot of people start doing mundane activities to avoid the hard activities. Now, there's actually a lot of research on how you can stop procrastinating uh, with the dopamine levels. Now, if you're doing something that is very dopamine rich, let's say it's scrolling TikTok, then all of the mundane tasks in your life will become much harder to do because you are always looking for the higher level of dopamine. And now doing something that's got a low level of dopamine, which is typically the things that are hard, is going to be much harder to do because there's no reward there for you because your dopamine level is so high that you're looking for that next boost. So that next boost has to be something that's incredible. And so if you're always looking for this next dopamine high, then it's not going to come from something that's very difficult to do where there's no instant gratification. Now, in if that's homework, if that's football training, if that's going to the gym, you don't want to do these things because these are delayed gratify. So these delayed gratification uh, tasks are quite mundane in the moment. Sure, you might have fun doing them, but you probably would rather being on TikTok, scrolling Instagram, doing these things which enhance your dopamine and they, they push you to the, the next level. That's why you're, you're programmed to, to keep scrolling on, on these apps and that's actually very damaging to us because if we have this level of dopamine which is hurting us, then the mundane tasks, the important tasks, the tasks that should be progressing us closer and closer to our goals, these are actually taking us further and further because the less we do them, because there's always in the back of our mind, and you might not even think it because it's on such a subconscious level, but we're being programmed through the things that we're watching with the short attention spans that we have. We're always seeking that next dopamine hit. Now, that's very important for us to understand and to come to terms with that. If we want to be aware of where our time's going, we have to track it. And I can even maybe mention the app. I'll get it up now and I'll pop it up for you guys or I'll leave it in the description. And... What it does is you're able to track where you delegate your time. Now, what we want to do with this first part is create the awareness of where your time is going. Now, if you're spending, 
let's say an hour a day on on Instagram and then you go in between tasks as well. You're going 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. It's hard to get off Instagram. I know it is. I have a time limit for my for myself because I know that without that time limit, then it's a very, very steep slope of dopamine and it's you're always looking for that next thing and it's it's something that you have to create that awareness for so having this app allows you to again it it just brings that awareness now if you're doing these these subconscious things where it's either you're in you know you're you're in instagram scrolling in between a task so let's say i want to go from training to homework but in between that time I get distracted on Instagram and it's just a rabbit hole. I'm on there for 20 minutes and then 20 minutes becomes an hour. And all of a sudden, I've lost an hour in my my 15 hours. Now, I've become less efficient with my time. Just remember that there's someone out there within their 15 hours who's doing so much more than you. They're more efficient than you. Statistically, they're going to be getting better than you. And there is someone out there out of the 8 billion people on this earth who is doing that. And if you don't believe me, that guy's me. I'm doing that. So if you need a secondary source of accountability to think, I need to be doing this right now because this person's getting better than me. Well, that's me. I'm getting better than you right now because I'm using my time efficiently. I don't spend time on TikTok. I don't have TikTok. I don't spend time scrolling on Instagram. I have a time limit on Instagram. Okay? These things help me be most efficient with my time. So if I'm awake for my 15 hours a day and three hours, I'm doing the physical stuff. One hour or 30 minutes, I'm doing the mental stuff. The rest, I'm recovering. I've got 11 and a half hours left of my day, right? Now, give or take two and a half hours maybe for me, I'm waiting for training. Now, unfortunately, I can't control the amount of time I have to wait for training because I have to be there early. Maybe I have to walk home. These things. Okay, now I've got nine hours left in my day. What am I doing? Let's say I'm eating for, let's say, two of them, preparing meals and whatnot. I would honestly try and make that less. Let's say I'm doing one hour. So, I've still got however hours, le- however many hours left of the day. So, if, let's just do the math. I kind of lost lost myself in my track a little bit, but... For, let's say, I'm training in total, the physical plus the waiting, so it would be around six hours. Six minus 15, we've got nine hours left. Eating for one hour. I've got eight hours left. What are the other tasks in my day? Now, I I do a lot of work throughout my day to make sure that I can afford the lifestyle that I have. So, for me, a a large component will be funding the lifestyle that I have. Now, in a previous conversation that we've had with Dan Abrams is we shouldn't be doing too much work outside of the football pitch. Now, I do my work, but this is very efficient in itself. This is a practice that I've refined for years and you can access that. Over the years that I've been working on my mental work, I've refined it into a very, very simple method for me to do every second day and I do two of them every day, every second day, apologies. And this helps me be efficient with the time that I have. Now, Dan recommends you shouldn't be doing more than 30 minutes outside of the pitch. Now, I think we can. I think we can do more than that. But in principle, we shouldn't be doing too much outside of the pitch. Because as we know, our our levels 
of attention and our awareness is all decreased with the more things that we do. So you do have to have a level that retains or recovers that metric so that we can keep going uh, more and more the next time. So that's something that we do have to be aware of. But in that in mind, boosting the time that we have to be as, as efficient as possible is very important because again, if you're meditating for that time, that's a good level of efficiency, I'm sure. But doing it every day, maybe that's not because you're neglecting other things. So you have to incorporate other things. Now, as I've, rec- as I've recommended time and time again, I believe that the Sculpted Toolbox is actually a very efficient way for you to spend your time and it doesn't take too long. So if you're doing the Sculpted Toolbox and then maybe a few other things on the side, you're able to use your time very efficiently and you're able to get the most out of it, which is very important. And that is one way that we can start using our time to push ourselves to where we want to go in whatever career you want to go down. This, the Sculpted Toolbox is not just for footballers. It's actually for any individual who wants to take accountability for their, for their circumstances, any person who wants to create self-awareness for their circumstances, any person who wants to start taking action in their life. This is what the Sculpted Toolbox is. You can use it for dealing with opinions. You can use it for managing your time more efficiently. It's whatever you use it for will help you get closer to where you want to go. So there is a very simple principle and practice that you can use to boost your efficiency through the time that you have outside of the pitch or outside of work. Now, as a footballer, I'm very blessed that I have a lot of time outside of the of the game. I, I guess you can say if I'm only doing the physical stuff for three and a half hours a day, give or take, and then two and a half maybe waiting and walking and whatnot, preparing, then the rest of my day is pretty free. Now, as I've mentioned, I do have uh, obligations for work that I, I have, and this is going to be another episode in itself for footballers. How can they make money on the side? Because that's a very important thing. If I didn't have these opportunities to make money on the side, then I wouldn't be able to fund my dream because... Yes, of course, my parents like to help me, but I I can't rely on my parents because they've got their own things that they want to do. Uh, My lifestyle is not the cheapest and it's unfair if I have that burden on them. So I have to take responsibility for that in itself. So I have to delegate my time strategically. I need to use it to the most efficient level possible because I know that the work that I do that is helping me fuel my goals Some people don't have to do that. If I had parents who were paying for everything, then I would have X more hours in my day to do something else. Now, I don't know what that would be because I think that I would have been doing something entrepreneurial uh, in that time anyway because I wouldn't be doing too much stuff on the football work because I have these principles and practices in place already to help me be as efficient as possible. So I don't worry about that too much now. But when I first started out, I'd say a large chunk of that day that I had free, I was spending refining my practices. And this took a lot of time. It's taken years. I only really think that over COVID, I've really refined my principles to the utmost efficiency now. And even to this day, every quarter, I actually go through my principles and my practices to refine them even more, whether it's I change the questions whether it's I change the look of it, whether I change the smallest of details, I always try and make it every, I always try and make it better every quarter. So even now, it's not the most efficient that it is. 
but in the next quarter, it will be more efficient than it is now. I'm always refining. And that's what we should be doing for everything, not just your mental stuff, but your training. Maybe the work that you do for your business, maybe the work that you do for X. It's it's whatever you are doing. You need to be refining the practices every time. So bringing that onto the next kind of area. So we've, we've talked about how delegating your time and refining it allows you to get the most out of the hours that you have. Now, if we're thinking about the people who are at the very top level, now, if I continue to do these principles and practices that I have, then you'll be looking at me and realizing that the work and the the words of which I'm saying right now helped me get to the top. Right now, there may not be as much validity to what I'm saying until I've actually got the results that are very evident to see, but you're seeing me in the practice right now. You're seeing me in the middle of it. So the work that you're seeing isn't the complete project. Now, in 20 years' time, maybe you'll see the complete project. Maybe you'll be able to, you know, point out flaws. But right now, I'm, I'm in that process. So, you're seeing it in real time. Now, I am always trying to be more efficient. I have mentioned before that my rest days boost my efficiency because I almost guilt trip myself into doing more because I've taken a, a day off, which I don't typically like to do, okay? If I had the choice to not take a rest day and be at that same level every single day. I would not take the rest day. But I know that the rest days boost my efficiency. Therefore, I take them. Now, that could also translate to breaks in a day. If you want to take a break during your day to boost your efficiency, then do it. But experiment with it because you don't want to be losing too much time. Now, there's if we go back to the time prior to when coffee was... Uh, first manufactured or distributed to the masses. Now, the coffee boom in itself boosted productivity massively. If we look back at the times previous to a coffee break, quote-unquote coffee break, something that's now very relevant and prevalent in society is a coffee break. Prior to the coffee break, people weren't weren't able to be as productive as they were now. Because what coffee does is it's a uh, insulin, I believe, and that is boosting your energy levels. So you, in caffeine, there are no calories. So what it does is it gives you an effect that it kind of tricks your brain into thinking that you've consumed this, uh, whatever it is, I, I guess we could say substance that increases our perception of energy. So it gives us an energy spike and that's what caffeine is. So you'll see your heart rate elevated. This will boost your productivity. So back to the point of the coffee break. If I took 30 minutes out of my day during my working day to have a coffee break, then I can go harder for the next five hours of my day. So if I come in at 7 a.m. and I'm working till midday, okay, I'm maybe feeling a little bit tired. And let's say I have a, I have a 30 minute break or maybe I don't even have a break during that time. I just continue working. At the end of the day, I'm probably not my best self. But what the coffee break was, and you can see, just realize how you can use this to your to your efficiency. If you have a coffee break in amongst that time, maybe at midday, you're basically as fresh as you were at the beginning of the day because of that caffeine. So because you've taken that time out of your day to reset, but also to use a supplement, 
to boost and enhance your performance, you've actually boosted your productivity quite substantially because if we were to compare it to a graph of where your performance would be when you don't have a coffee break or no break at all, it would be quite a, quite a steep graph, I'd say, to where your performance goes. But now if we have that graph, that same graph that drifts off towards midday and then we have that 30-minute break, now that's going to be a pretty unproductive spike. But as soon as we finish that 30-minute break, 15 minutes later, we have this massive spike again because that's when the caffeine's hit and now we're at an all-time high or, or, or level to where we started. And then from there, the climb, we're going to get back down and we might not even finish where we started. We might be higher than when we started. Now, if we think about that in a more legitimate, anecdotal point to me, uh, let's say it's it's a caffeine boost, which I could do. Let's say I go into the gym before training, then I have my coffee, then I'm going to be better going into training because I have this this energy. Let's say I've had that energy spike now going into training. Now, after training, if I have a nap and I have a 15-minute nap. Now, personally, I hate naps because they disrupt my momentum. It's something that I'm going to implement and experiment with again in the coming weeks. But if I do have a nap, I know that the next training session that I go into will be better because it will be more efficient. I have more energy to give. Therefore, the more energy I give, the more efficient it will be. Because if I am able to get in, let's say, 100 touches every single minute against a wall with a ball, when I am when I'm caffeinated or when I am, let's say, after a nap because I've got more energy again, I've rejuvenated myself, I've revived myself a little bit more. When I wasn't, at that in that heightened level of whatever, maybe that touch, the amount of touches I get is sixty touches because I'm tired, I'm fatigued, I don't feel like doing it. But if I'm able to have these little resets throughout my day, that enhances my performance, then that boosts my efficiency. Therefore, you have to use these little efficiency enhancers to your benefit, because this boosts the amount of time that we have to use and we'll use it more efficiently. Therefore, the time that I use when I'm training, so if I'm only training for two hours a day doing the football work, I try and cap it off at around two hours a day for football stuff. Now, some people do one training session, it's two hours. But when I watch their training sessions, I see that they're taking drinks breaks, they're kicking their legs up a little bit, they're checking their phones. Now, I will never check my phone during a training session. My phone is away. Maybe I've got my AirPods in. Maybe I'm listening to music. Music can also be an enhancer for uh, productivity or whatever. You, you just have to experiment. That's a little bit to the side. But um, to the point, I want my training sessions to be as productive as possible and as efficient as possible. Therefore, all the, the distractions are eliminated. I want to be using these breaks to actually enhance my time that I have. So if I'm able to get the most out of my training sessions... The two hours that I have will be better than your three hours because I'm not wasting time in amongst that training session, okay? I'm being as efficient as possible, not just with breaks, but with even the exercises that I do. 
over time, I refine the exercises that I do so that I get the most out of it, whether it's watching how I kick the ball, whether it's knowing that this technique is better than the other, the repetitions that I do. I'm trying to use that efficiency level, not just the timing, but the things that I do within that training session. Because if I was to kick a ball with the sole of my, sorry, with the laces of my foot against a wall for the whole training session, sure, I might be really good at that by the end of it, but that's all I can do. And if I do that for every session, then that's really all I can do. And this is one reason why you see so many good uh, football freestylers out there, like the F2, who aren't professional. Now, maybe they could have played at a lower league professional club. But the reason why they're not at the top for the amount of time that they gave to football is because the things that they were doing weren't the things that they needed to do. And I don't know what their ambitions were. Maybe that's what they wanted to do. And I've got no problem with that. Because they've done great things for football. But if if you look at even the comments or a lot of people's perception of them, they think, how are they not professional? And and I know why. And of course, it might it, the STEM reason may be because they don't want to. But also, the work that they're doing is not game-relatable. How many players do you see juggling millions of times during a game. It's just not transferable into a game situation. Therefore, it's not needed. So you have to use the time that you have within the training session and the drills you're doing as efficiently as possible. So the next kind of area that we can go on to is... Well, let's just summarize that. So it's it's the time. Boosting the time that we have. Creating that awareness, as mentioned prior. Now, if we're thinking about the recovery aspect in in a whole, okay? So we kind of talked about brief moments of rejuvenation or enhancement levels where we can get the caffeine in, where we can get the naps in. Now, if we're talking about overall efficiency as a human being, okay, let's just talk about the human body itself. We know that sleep is important, okay? Therefore, we need to prioritize that because sleep boosts efficiency. Sleep will boost your metabolism, if you're not getting enough sleep, your metabolism isn't working hard enough. You need your resting heart rate to be low because when it's higher and elevated, then the tasks that were once easy become hard because your body is fighting harder and harder. So your resting heart rate has to be low so that your body is an efficient mover. Okay, Your heart needs to be efficient. That comes through sleep. That comes through breathing properly. Breathing properly, I emphasize. There's many, there's many practices which can help you as an individual be more productive physically and mentally. Those two typically come hand in hand when it comes to your body. So prioritizing that is also very important in itself. Now, ways that we can do that. Let's talk about breathing exercises. That is going to help you train your HRV, which is your heart rate variability, which is also a very important aspect for physical performance, not just your, your well-being as an individual, but for physical performance, that's going to enhance your recovery. Okay, let's talk about your resting heart rate. Now, this comes through exercise and a lot of exercise. You don't need to be at a low resting heart rate uh, like myself. I'm, I'm sitting around the 37 to 40, around there. That's where I'm sitting at. But you don't have to be that low if you're not a professional footballer yourself. You should probably be a healthy individual, let's say under 50, let's say 40, high 40s, or maybe even just low 50s. That's a really healthy resting heart rate to have. You've you've already boosted your efficiency level through that because your recovery time is much shorter. That's the same with your HRV. Through the breathing practices that you can do, that doesn't just create self-awareness. That actually helps you 
be more uh, responsive to your heart rate variability so that your recovery is enhanced. Now, if your recovery is enhanced, the nine hours that you sleep may be better than the nine hours that someone else sleeps. Now, if we talk about the sleep that we're actually having, the stages of sleep that we need. Now, we are only awake. Sorry, we are only actually asleep for probably around 90% of the time, depending on the individual. So, if I sleep for nine hours, I might be awake for eight of those hours and you don't even know it. But your latency might be eight to 10 minutes. Maybe it might be 20 minutes if you're a bit high. But then also amongst your sleep, we wake up up to 20 times whilst we're sleeping. A normal adult or even child, child children may have higher levels of awakeness during the night. You don't remember it though, okay? During sleep, you don't typically remember all of the things that happen. And that's the same with your awakeness. So if we're awake for an hour of our sleep, then we're only sleeping eight hours a night, really. Okay, so maybe you even need more than nine hours of sleep. Maybe you need to boost the amount of time that you're awake, that you're asleep for, sorry. And maybe you need to boost the time that you're actually getting the deep sleep or the REM sleep. Because if you're getting minutes of either, then your sleep efficiency is horrible. Because the amount of REM and deep sleep that I get in one day you might not even be able to get in a week. Therefore, your recovery is really affected. And if your recovery is really affected, then you can't go into the next training session at your best. And that is compromised every single training session and it's compounded every single training session. So by the end of the week, you're completely at your worst. And that's when you're expected to perform the most. So it's not easy. And honestly, I believe that the best way and maybe the only way currently for you to actually fully understand your own metrics as an individual is actually by tracking it on Whoop. Whoop actually gives you these insights so that you can track it and actually enhance it. There are many different ways to actually track your REM sleep, your deep sleep and actually improve it through Whoop. Now, that creates a lot of self-awareness and that gives you a source of accountability as well. So, I'd actually encourage you guys to actually get a tracking device so that you can actually fully take accountability for it. Because you probably can't take accountability for it if you don't know it. You can't improve what you don't measure. Whoop allows you to measure the things that aren't typically measurable to the average person. Okay, I can't tell you another way that I'd be able to consistently track all my metrics throughout the day without Whoop. I couldn't tell you because all of those ways, you'd have to go to a doctor's lab and they'd have to have you hooked on 24-7. But how am I meant to do my exercise? How am I meant to do everything? How am I meant to function if I'm sitting in a space for 24 hours a day? It just doesn't work. That's why Whoop is so good, I believe. Also, Whoop's becoming more and more accessible to people now. So, if you want Whoop, send me a message and you can get the first month free, I believe, as well. So, that's not even a, pay- a paid promotion. That's just me literally just giving you a recommendation to start taking accountability to boost your efficiency as an individual. And this isn't just for athletes. That's the thing. This is actually helping you as an individual in whichever path you are going down to get the most out of your day because your mind and body are connected. You have to look after them both. They complement each other. So take accountability for it. Now, we've kind of addressed all the areas that I wanted to go through now. Now, just to just to reiterate the the main kind of, I guess, line that I've kind of said throughout this is that we all have 24 hours in our day. Actually, there's something that I forgot. Um, 
And this has to do with the, the quote-unquote grind culture. This is actually one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this episode. Um, so, the grind culture. Wake up at 4am. You know, start your day early. And then you go to bed early. Now, I still believe in that. Don't get me wrong. I do believe in waking up early and starting the day right. Because for me, it's not that I'm doing it before every. Sorry, it's not that I'm doing more than everyone else. Because again... We all have the same 24 hours. The people who wake up early are literally just on a different time scale to you. That's the only difference, okay? They're not more efficient than you unless they're actually using that to their benefit because what that does is that that starting early gives you a sense of accomplishment. Doing the hard things first gives you a sense of accomplishment. You're on that flywheel effect. That's why waking up early is associated with the grind culture because there is actually advantages to waking up earlier than everyone else because there's there's a few things. If you can get the hard things done first, then everything else becomes easier, okay? And then also, when you know that everyone else is asleep right now, you get a sense of reward for being awake and doing the things. So I actually do stand by doing the hard things first and waking up early. Now, I can't do that every day. I don't have the privilege to do that every day because I have to be somewhere... Um, at a specific time every single day for training. So I have to use my time as efficiently as possible. And I've mentioned this in a previous episode. But if I wake up at 4am or if I wake up at 8am, now I don't wake up at that time just because my body doesn't do it. But there would be days where I've tried to wake up at 8am and then start the day off strong by going directly into training as I would if I was waking up at 4am. It's just that I'm literally on a different time scale. Now, I know that Val has to be on a different time scale to me, for example. He'll go to bed very late, but he still has the same 24 hours in a day. He's literally just in a different time. So, he's still using the time to the best of his ability. Now, I can't... Obviously, I'd like to hope that Val is using the time to the best of his ability. I can't guarantee that, but from the time that I know that I'm awake for, I'm always using the time to the best of my ability. Now, when I wake up early... I would say that I do have a heightened level of efficiency just because of the effects that I mentioned. Because I don't typically like doing the things that everyone else does. So for me, doing the ridiculously early stuff, that gives me a level of accomplishment already. So that's what that's what I like. As I mentioned, I can't do it all the time. But I do like doing it. So find what works for you. If it's waking up early, do it. If it's going to bed really late, do that. But just make sure that you're actually asleep for the same nine hours or however long you need to sleep for. Make sure that you do that because if you do that, then we're all awake for the same amount of time. You just need to maximize and make sure you're getting the most efficiency out of the time that you're awake for. That's the bottom line. So to boost that, we can do all these other things that I mentioned to boost the efficiency. Now, if we do that alongside the best method of wake-up time for you, then that doesn't matter, okay? If, you, if you're if you boosting your efficiency within the awake hours that you have, then the time of which you wake up or go to sleep doesn't matter. You just need to get the, the right amount of sleep. That's what I really wanted to go over for the last little point there. And there's probably quite a lot to take away from it. But if we're taking a few... The, I kind of touched on four key topics there. And the first one is the awareness... The second one is the cutting of the the time that's irrelevant to what you want to do. The four, uh, sorry, the third one 
is boosting the efficiency. And the fourth one, I think I said fourth, that's third. And the fourth one is the time that we run on, okay? This is irrelevant if these three things are all in accordance. So, these three things need to be right for this fourth one to really matter. Now, this fourth one can help you do these three things really well. Let's say if it's the effect you really like to stay up late because you think no one else is working as hard as me. I stay up when everyone else is asleep. Or if it's whether it's the, the exact opposite. I'm up before everyone else. That might help you be do these three things more efficiently or better. So, find what works for you. Experiment. I As I've mentioned, the late, the late one works for Val. That one doesn't work for me. The early one, that works for me. That doesn't work for Val. So, there's different ways of doing it. But the the fourth thing should complement those three. And when you have that fourth thing complementing those three, now you've got these three things that are as efficient as possible. Now, you've got a 2x on them. You might even have a 3x on them. So, we're boosting the efficiency so much more. Now, imagine doing this for six days a week. And on the seventh, you rest. And that maximizes your efficiency to make sure the next seven, the next six days is really good. And you keep repeating that. Let's say you do it for a month. That's a pretty good month. Let's say you do it for four. That's a really good four months. You know, you're third way through the year. Nice. Let's say you do it for a year. Pretty solid. I like that. Let's say you do it for two years. It's great. You know, you're probably really far, really far ahead than, than most people. In fact, you're probably starting to actually overtake those people. Let's say five years. That's where I'm at. I'm only five years in. And and you know what? For most of those five years, it was probably actually just making mistakes, actually. For most of those five years, it was probably really just helping me get to the point where I am in the last few years where I've actually started to reap the reward. Let's say I keep doing this for another five years. Imagine where I'll be. I mean, if I'm already at a good level where I am now, for the work that I've really done, you know, I could beat the top. I don't see why not. If I can do this for 15 years, wow. I feel like I'm unstoppable. 20, wow, I must be at the top by then because no one else could be doing it as long as me because I feel like that's a very, very efficient and and long-lasting way of doing it, genuinely. If I've been able to do it for five years, I think that I can do it for another 15. And I, I say that with full, full backing on that. I don't, I don't say that actually with any second guessing. I think that I could do it for another 20 years. You know, see how the rest of my career, I'm, I'm, I'm 38, 39. I think I could do that. Now, maybe things have to change to be, to make me more efficient, but I honestly think I can, I can keep that up. So now it's on you guys. What are you going to do? How are you going to take action? How are you going to take accountability from this? I'd say the best way to start is, is, is get that app. Start to be aware of where your time's going. Start to make it more efficient. Get rid of the things that you don't need to do. Then boost the efficiency within that time period that you have. And then make sure that you have something that really helps you, a routine that really helps you stick to it. Boost your efficiency. Be as productive as possible. Work smarter and harder. That's how you get to the top. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening to this episode and we'll catch you on the next one.